1: on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex.
2: Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats.
3: I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that i learned something about myself i honestly can't gush enough about freaky tales i'm so excited to share it with more people
0: if you like what you hear be sure to review like and subscribe to the scene to scene podcast
3: covering the sports betting
0: landscape from coast to coast this is betting across america on the the sports betting network
4: Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VSEN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It is Betting Across America presented by Bet MGM, Femia alongside Matt Humans here, our first time working together. We'll get into all that here, but want to tell you guys what we have on the show coming up for the next three hours. Of course, tweet at the show, at VSEN Live, at Matt Humans 247, at Femia Coming up, three great guests at 9.30, Alex Schiffer, the net beat writer for the athletic we'll break down tonight's premier game in the National Basketball Association between the Nets and the Lakers at 1045. We have Jimmy Ott, host of Jimmy Ott's Game Time on ESPN 1045 in Baton Rouge, talking all things bowl games and maybe sneaking a little bit of Saints Dolphins on Monday night. And of course, at 1145, to wrap things up, Dave Ross joins us as we toss the BAA baton to Ross and Reynolds. They come up at noon. Of course, we'll have picks at 1130. Super Bowl Santa at 11 o'clock. Interesting. I want to tell you guys about the Super Bowl Santa. Then at 1030, New Year's Six Bowl Motivation Index. Of course, CFP Preview 945. And then we'll break down today's NBA Christmas Day slate in 15 minutes. But first, Matt Humans, How we doing hey, today? Great Merry opening, Christmas. I-
2: I'm not used to being around people who are that energetic this early in the morning. So <laughs> phenomenal job. We're bringing the, the noise huh? on Christmas Day. <laughs> I- I'm expecting a record number of viewers for this Christ- <laughs> Christmas morning show. But uh, it's great to have a day with sports. Yes, because Christmas Eve was rough. I don't want to live in a world where we don't have sporting events and Christmas Eve. No Hawaii Bowl, no basketball, no hockey, no nothing. It was a little bit of a bummer. It was was a little bit of a bummer, but we got through it and uh, we got a pretty good Christmas Day lineup here.
4: Yeah, we got a great Christmas Day lineup, as you guys can see on the graphic right there for those who are watching here on VEASAN.com. Slash listen, but the NBA slate right now we'll get into that in about 15 minutes, but first I want to start off with the NFL here because we got two great games playoff implications should be competitive football games starting at one thirty in the afternoon Pacific time between the Green Bay Packers and the Cleveland Browns right now the Packers seven point favorites total of 46 and a half and this is I know a lot of folks have been teasing this game. How are you
2: attacking this game whether it be the side or the total. I did not really attack this game. I did play it in a contest, the the Westgate Super Contest, or the Circle. One of those contests, I took the Browns plus eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took the dog here. I think if you're going to play the Packers, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Packers covering this number uh, when you're talking about more than seven. If you're going to bet the Packers, make sure you lay seven because there are plenty of books out there with seven and a half. We're sitting at one of those books right now, which is the South Point. Yep. Uh, so you've got to lay the seven with the Packers or – I think you have to tease the Packers down uh, to minus one, one and a half. If, if you want to play the favorite here, I've got just a lean to the Browns. And uh, for, me, for me, it's nothing but a contest play. I just took eight and a half with the Browns. And uh, I, I think the, I think you're going to give the Browns best effort here because their backs are against the wall after that loss to the Raiders on Monday. AFC North still up for grabs, mm-hmm. uh, but this is a game where they've got to show up today. And uh, the Browns have had a turbulent couple of weeks. I do think they will show up today. It's interesting because this Green Bay team, best record against the spread in the National
4: Football yeah. League, 11-3. All they do is cover numbers, and it feels like they've been doing that for about three years here with the majority of the betting public wanting to fade the team. What is it about Green Bay that you think the betting market is kind of missing that they keep covering these numbers?
2: I do think the defense is a little bit better this year than we, we thought it was going to be. But to me, it's also the physical uh, aspect of the running game that the Packers have uh, busted out this year. They can run the ball right at you. They did that to the Arizona Cardinals on that Monday night game. Yeah, uh, And obviously the wild card or the ace, whatever you want to call him, is Aaron Rodgers uh, because he's going to make plays uh, to win games. When you win games, more often than not, you cover numbers. And uh, I think that's been the key for the Packers this year. One of those games they did not cover. Um, did they cover against Kansas City? Uh, they did. They snuck they did. through the they back door. That through the back love door with shout. Jordan Love. Yeah, that's right. Late <laughs> in that game. But uh, that, that, was, that was an anemic offensive performance uh, that day. But you, the importance of Aaron Rodgers is uh, something we've talked about a lot on this network the last five years. You're talking about the value of a quarterback to a point spread. Nobody's been worth more than Aaron Rodgers over the past five or ten years. So I think uh, he's always going to be the key. But the fact that defense is a little bit better and they can run the ball they they got two physical backs who can run the ball right at you. When their offensive line's healthy, I I do think it's one of the top ten offensive lines in the NFL. Last week, Aaron Rodgers was missing four offensive linemen and still put 31 points on the board of Baltimore.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's, he seems to be able to get it done regardless who you put in front of him, regardless who he has the option to throw the football to. Since 2019, when Matt LaFleur took over as head coach, Green Bay is an NFL best 18-7 and seven against the spread at home. 72% is the clip right there. So yeah. if you're betting the Packers at Lambeau Field, you see why this line is around a touchdown, maybe even 7.5 here at the South Point. But I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns here because clearly last Monday night or Monday afternoon I should say when they were taking on the Raiders. They were decimated with COVID injuries. Uh, They were down to their third string quarterback Nick Mullins who they just signed there. Uh, Obviously not an ideal situation but now Baker Mayfield is in Green Bay. He posted it on Instagram that he has arrived in Green Bay. Stacey Dales of the NFL Network tweeted earlier that Baker Mayfield is ready to roll and that possibly edge rusher Miles Garrett plans on playing as well. I think that's the big one there. This Browns team you mentioned that you're going to get their best effort. This is a desperate Spot for them. What should we expect to see? Jarvis Landry is back, and Kevin Stefanski is going to be back on the sidelines. What should we expect to see
2: from this Cleveland yeah, And that's, that's the thing. When the Browns are healthy, they have one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. Uh, they got one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, and I think they're they're getting healthy. It appears for this game at Green Bay, and that's another aspect of uh, you know handicapping this. I want to emphasize is I think the Browns are going to have a lot of the guys back on the field that they've been missing uh, the past couple of weeks. Now, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield guy, at least this season. Because when he's banged up, I don't think he's uh, necessarily the best quarterback for the Browns. Yeah. Uh, I, I've said I, I think you can go with your number two, and you're probably better off than, you, than with a banged up Baker Mayfield. And he has not played well at all when he's been injured uh, for the most part this season. So, uh, to me, it's about a lot of times in, in the NFL. I heard Troy Aikman say this. He doesn't say a lot of insightful things <laughs> as the analyst on Fox. <laughs> But he did say something uh, a few weeks ago that's right. In the NFL, a lot of times, it's about handicapping who needs the game more, uh, You know, who the spot is better for. And I think the spot's better for the Browns. They need the game more. They're desperate dogs. And I don't necessarily think the Browns are going to win the game, but I thought 8.5 was a little point spread value with the Browns. Yeah, it's
4: interesting with Baker
2: Mayfield. You almost wonder if
4: the COVID absence for him helps him It helps him get a little bit healthier a little bit of rest that's
2: a great point because he needed he needed to be forced to sit down for two or three weeks
4: yeah no it's I think he's kind of feeling the pressure of the contract hovering over his head potentially it doesn't want to maybe see Case Keenum play just as well as he does and then be deemed not as viable I think Case Keenum can play
2: better you know that's what I said I think Keenum can play better than a banged up Baker
4: Yeah, we'll see how that one unfolds. Of course, kickoff 130 Lambeau Field Packers right now, seven point favorites, total 46 and a half. Let's transition over to the nightcap. I can't wait for this game here. The Indianapolis Colts taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals now two and a half point favorites, total 48 and a half. Of course, last time we saw Arizona, Flat out embarrassed as double-digit favorites losing by double digits to the Detroit Lions. What yeah. do you think of this game, slider total?
2: Well, initially this week I liked the Colts a lot. But I, I was also a little bit hesitant because I said that in the NFL you don't want to make the plays that look too easy or too obvious. And when you look at the Colts and how they match up against the Cardinals, it's a favorable matchup for the Colts. Because, again, we're talking about Jonathan Taylor and one of the league's best offensive lines. They can run the ball right at you. The Colts are so physical. Uh, they're a bad matchup for that Arizona defense. You saw it early in the season when Dalvin Cook and the Vikings went to Arizona. Ran and all ran, ran all over the Cardinals, and I thought the Colts were going to do the same thing here. By the way, the Cardinals have not won a home game since October 24th.
4: That's insane.
2: They have not played well at home, and uh, they were lucky to beat the Vikings in that game. That The Vikings uh, missed a short field goal to win it. The Cardinals have not been a very good home team now. I'll tell you, I took two with the Colts early in the week. And then when I came in yesterday, when I found out Quentin Nelson was out, and we knew Ryan Kelly was going to be out, the Colts are down three starting offensive linemen. I went ahead and I essentially got off the game. I got a very slim middle spot, but I just got mm-hmm. off the game. I bet the Cardinals minus 130 on the money line. I got the Colts plus two. When I found out Quentin Nelson was out, you know, if, if Jonathan Taylor can't run over that Arizona defense in the offensive line, can't do its work like they did against the Patriots, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, against the Bills. The Colts, the Colts have a dominant offensive line, but that offensive line's diminished in this game. Then I think you're going to have trouble winning it. Yeah,
4: we see Mark Glowinski. In addition, their right guard is also on the reserve COVID list. So you're down both your centers, yeah. or rather your center and both of your guards on that Colts interior there. So I can see this game having to be put in the hands of Carson Wentz, which it looks like the Colts have been avoiding doing that. Yeah, it's dangerous. we saw even he didn't throw the ball that much last Saturday against the New England Patriots, and he still was fi- find a way to throw an interception
2: there. Yeah. Well, I think it's risky business to to bet on the Colts if you're counting on Carson Wentz to win the bet for you. And I still think, you know, it's not like the Colts are hopeless here down three offensive linemen, but Mm -hmm. it was the best bet for me early in the week. I just got off the bet yesterday because if the Colts are fully healthy, I don't think there's any doubt that they beat the Cardinals. Uh, one of the most impressive wins of the year was uh, right before Thanksgiving when the Colts went to Buffalo and pounded the Bills oh, yeah. 41 to 14 you're talking about a physical team against a finesse team the Bills are a finesse team and so are the Cardinals we got about a minute
4: or so left here so we're not going to talk about the Colts during Super Bowl Santa so i wanted to kind of get your take on them here uh-huh. right now at betmgm they're 20 to 1 to win the super bowl a lot of people like this team as a dark horse potential out of the AFC. Do you like them, or is there something? Is it Carson Wentz that's maybe holding you back?
2: You know, I still think Carson Wentz can be okay, uh, especially it's kind of like the Mac Jones scenario. If you surround a quarterback with a great complimentary cast, a running game, uh, a really good defense, then that quarterback doesn't feel like he has to do too much. When Carson Wentz starts trying to force throws and make plays, that's when he's mm-hmm. dangerous to the Colts. Uh, so, no, I think the Colts are a dangerous team in the AFC because of the way they can run the ball. Yeah, the Colts right now, 9-1 to
4: win the AFC. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I've got
2: 40-1 on my pocket.
4: There, at 40-1 to win the AFC? Yeah. There yeah. you go. That's a great bet right there. We would all be loving to hold 41 right now with the Indianapolis Colts. They have the same odds as the Tennessee Titans, who are going to win that division after what we saw Thursday night when they beat the San Francisco 49ers. So, I don't know about 9-1. It's a little... The price is a little steep there. I don't know if I can do that with this Indianapolis Colts team. We're just rolling along here, getting started on betting across America, presented by BetMGM. On the other side, we'll break down today's NBA slate. It's Christmas Day here on VCNB, Sports Betting Network.
1: CNN underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever.
2: Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists.
3: You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human.
2: This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation.
0: Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
1: This is Betting Across America on V the
0: Sports Betting Network.
4: Sign up for a Playcard, debit Mastercard, and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with Playcard. Visit Playcard.com today to apply, subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and cost supply card issued by MetaBank NA member FDIC. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Rolling along here from the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femia Bebefe, Matt Humans getting you guys set for all things Christmas Day betting. Like we mentioned, two NFL games, but we also have five games in the National Basketball Association. The big game is between the Brooklyn Nets and the L.A. Lakers. In about 15 minutes, Alex Schiffer of The Athletic, he's the Nets beat writer for The Athletic, will join us to help us preview that game. But let's focus in on some of these other games. In fact, we have one that's already tipped off in the New York City. between the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. Right now, Knicks lead that one 16-3 here. But I want to start off with just who's in and who's out in the NBA because obviously with COVID cases on the rise, uh, guys have been in the health and safety protocol. So we have the graphic up right now. Trey Young is not playing in this Knicks-Hawks game. And, of course, you have Giannis Atetokounmpo. He cleared protocols yesterday. Adrian Wojnarowski reported earlier this morning that he is expected to play uh, barring a setback. In the night game, Kevin Durant is out, but James Harden is in. And, of course, Kristaps Porzingis in the nightcap is questionable. Luka Doncic did not travel with the team as they take on the Utah Jazz. But just, I mean, the last 10 days or so, Matt, just having to track all these things of who's in and who's out, and especially on a day like Christmas when the league wants to highlight their biggest stars, and now we have this mess on our hands.
2: Well, uh, we've had a mess on our hands in sports in general for the last year and a half, <laughs> you know, so it's I think we've learned to adjust to it, and as betters, uh, you know you have to be a little bit cautious. You have to proceed with caution, especially when you going to bet the NBA. You know, I know guys who, Jonathan Von Tobel, one here at v Sin, who you have to be up at 6 in the morning to play these when these numbers go up. Yep. And even at 6 a.m. sometimes you're not sure who's going to be on the floor. In some of these games, Trey Young, like you said, that's a huge absence for the Hawks. The Knicks opened one and a half point favorites and closed five and a half or six point favorites. Trey Young, I would think, is worth at least five points to the number in a game like this. And uh, so we're seeing the Knicks roll early in this game, and the Hawks uh, kind of punch us offensively uh, without uh, Trey Young early. Uh, so looking at some of these other uh, absences and key games today, I think the uh, the one that probably means the most is Luka Doncic not being there for Dallas and uh, Utah, a huge favorite tonight in Salt Lake City. But, again, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, you're talking about, uh, you know, all-stars sitting out on Christmas Day, and that's not what the association wants. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you're going to see some, I guess, pushback from a lot of the players. I think the players are really frustrated by the protocols. If you're vaccinated – And then you test positive, but you're asymptomatic and you feel fine. You want to play should you be allowed to play? I think that's what a lot of the players are starting to push back on with the league, uh, you saw LeBron's post yeah. yesterday, and uh, people were gonna pay attention when LeBron talks about issues like this or tweets about issues like this.
4: <laughs> yeah, it was on Instagram, I think it yeah. was.
2: Uh, his, his
4: Instagram screenshot made its way onto Twitter, though, uh, for the world to was see. very confusing for bettors,
2: right? Yeah. And bookmakers, too. Well, let's, let's put it that way, on both sides of the counter, you're trying to hang a number on a game, and then you find out, let's say you find out three hours later, hey, Trey Young's out. That's a big difference.
4: Yeah. Well, even now with the updated protocols, maybe guys can test out of these things more quickly so it's like okay we all assume they're out then all of a sudden hey they're actually going to play like in the case for Giannis atetokounmpo with this Bucks game I mean he cleared the protocol now I know a lot of folks were thinking that Boston was the play yesterday when it looked like he wasn't going to be playing now he looks like he will play in this game but looking at the odds board just the under has been slammed in every mm-hmm. single game. Of course, NBA Christmas Day unders is a theme that you've heard all week long as we prepared for these five marquee matchups. But I'm looking at this game between the Knicks and the Hawks. I mean, it closed 12 points less than the opening total. The game that's coming up between the Celtics and the Bucks, that closed, it's not, or not, it hasn't closed yet, but it's 14 points less than the opener. I mean, mm-hmm. we have 13-point drop in the Suns and the Warriors. We have a 14-point drop again in the Nets and the Lakers, and then a 10-point drop between the Mavericks in the Jazz. <laughs> this is just insane to me. Were you a part of this under train, or, or maybe nah. play back and maybe there's a little value
2: on the over perhaps? I, I know a couple of guys who are really sharp who bet the association, and uh, sometimes I tail their plays if I like them, if they make sense. I. Uh, I'm kind of like you. I don't bet a lot of NBA during football season. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's not enough hours in the day to track everything. (laughs) You know, we're trying to handicap bowl games and NFL and college hoops. I'm I'm much more into 95% of my basketball betting, maybe 98% is college basketball.
4: Tracking the Cleveland
2: Browns COVID cases with a full time job this week is in itself. No kidding. And COVID's really starting to wreak havoc with the college hoop schedule, too. We just saw Arizona have games postponed at UCLA and USC. And uh, you've you've seen all sorts of cancellations or postponements all over the college hoop schedule. When you're talking about the Hawks and the Knicks, the game that's going on right now, the Hawks just uh, banged in a three-pointer to cut it to 21 to eight. They were down 19 to three in this game. But you know what's Trey Young worth to to a total too? Probably at least 10 points, right? Because he's a guy who's going to push the pace and uh, he's a scorer. And you can see the Hawks struggling offensively uh, without Trey Young out there. And he's he's a big negative on the defensive end of the floor, too. Yep.
4: Yeah, it d- definitely helps to have him out there if you like to yeah.
2: bet the over. But right
4: now on the live line, this is trending towards the over. I'm seeing 210 and a half is a live number that closed 206 and a half or so. So maybe this one gets over the total. There is right now the Knicks 11 and a half or 11 point favorites right now on the live line as they leave by, leave by 15 points right now midway through this first quarter. But I want to turn our attention to the game that's going to tip off at 11 Seven forty in Milwaukee. Celtics going be against the defending champion, Bucks. Bucks seven-point favorites, total 220 and a half. We talked about how Giannis is expected to
2: play. If you were to play this game pre-flop, where would you kind of lean? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't play it pre-flop. And uh, I've I'm not, I'm not been a pro-Celtics guy this year. In the past, I have been. But I'm not crazy about this Celtics team. And uh, I, I guess if you forced me to play it today, though, I would take the seven. Um, just because I tend to uh, gravitate towards underdogs, especially when you're getting a significant amount of points like this, and the Celtics and Bucks played a lot of close games over the past few years, uh, Giannis is worth a lot to a number as well. Um, I think Jason Tatum. The Celtics are so reliant on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, those guys are phenomenal. Uh, they're a phenomenal duo. But what do the Celtics have around those guys right now? I don't. I don't think enough. You know, we thought two or three years ago that it was only a matter of time until Brad Stevens broke through and the Celtics were going to win the East and probably win an NBA champion. It didn't happen. Now, Brad, Sullivan, yeah. Brad Stevens not even on the sideline no, anymore, it's... and the Celtics have taken a big step back uh, to where you wonder if they could be even the fifth-best team in the East.
4: Yeah, no, it's crazy to think back to 2018 where they were probably one quarter away from going to the NBA Finals game seven at home, taking on the Cavs. And it's been downhill ever since then for the Boston Celtics. I think the game of the day is the 210 game between the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. Now, I know you do the edge with JVT, so I'm sure he's kind of shed his NBA knowledge onto you a little bit there. Suns right now, six point favorites, total 214 and a half. Even just this game aside, and we'll break that down here in just a bit, but the Warriors and the Suns, they look like the two best teams in the league. Would you lean either way long-term with one of these two
2: teams? I lean Warriors long-term because if uh, Clay Thompson comes back and, and, and can be a major contributor, he, he was one of my favorite players in the league before he blew out the Achilles because yeah. he's a two-way player. I love guys who can uh, play both ends of the floor and be lockdown defenders, and I'm not sure Clay Thompson's going to be the same player. When he comes back, I wouldn't expect it right away. But I I actually love the pieces the Warriors have put around uh, Stephen Curry. I've been a little bit surprised um, how well the Warriors have played. Of course, that's kind of an obvious comment. I think everyone's been a little bit surprised how well the Warriors have played. You didn't expect them to be – One of the two best teams in the league on uh, christmas day did you
4: no i didn't i mean i thought that long term like maybe once we got to the playoffs they could maybe once clay got back but the fact that they started as fast as they did that definitely was a surprise
2: i mean they were out of the gates were 18 and two or 18 and three uh you're talking about a team right now that's uh 26 and nine and that's uh, a step back from what they were uh the suns 26 and five i still think because of playoff experience and uh, Curry and Thompson and the surrounding cast, I have a little bit more confidence in the Warriors and the big picture. Uh, if you said I had to bet one or the other uh, on the futures, I would bet Golden State. Uh, I, I would I would probably take six with the Warriors in this game today too, but I did not play it. By the way, uh, as a reminder, go to vcin.com slash JVT to read his NBA write-ups. I know yep. his NBA market report is up there this morning. If you want to check... Check it out. He gets deep into the uh, analytics and um, does does a great job analyzing all the matchups in the association. Yeah, no, definitely – Excellent stuff, especially now during football
4: season where you might be busy capping football, yeah. bowl games, college hoops. Kind of like a cheat sheet. It, it definitely is yeah. a cheat sheet. Yeah. Uh, the, it's interesting. The Warriors right now plus 275 to win the West. The Suns 4-1 to one to win the West at MGM. So the mm-hmm. market's agreeing with you with that Warriors sentiment. Well, and I, I agree, too.
2: You know, at different books, you're going to see different prices, uh, yeah. too, depending on uh, the liability those books have on uh, specific teams. But, You agree you like the Warriors slightly better than the Suns? I do like them better than the Suns. I think I might be the biggest Suns hater on the planet. To be quite (laughs) honest, okay.
4: I might be. I I just I I, I think their run to the finals last year was a little bit fraudulent. Every team they played along the way had a big player that was injured. And the minute they played a team that was fully healthy, they lost in six to the Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, I'm not all the way there with the Suns. Chris Paul's a great player, but if he's your best player, I'm not really buying it in terms of winning an NBA title. We'll see, though. Maybe they proved me wrong. They made it all the way to the finals last year. So we'll see what happens with this Suns team. But on the other side, Alex Schiffer of The Athletic joins us to break down Nets and the Lakers. It is Christmas Day here on Betting Across America.
1: This is Betting
0: Across America on v the sports betting network.
4: If you miss any part of our show or anything on the v schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to v slash podcasts and get betting, beating the book with Gil Alexander or market insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus we've got hardwood handicappers, the Lombardi line, follow the money coast to coast hoops and many more. They're all free and available now at v slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femia Bebefe, Matt Humans here getting you set for this Christmas day of betting, two games in the NFL, five in the NBA, and to help us get ready for the premier game in the National Basketball Association, Nets and the Lakers. It is Alex Schiffer, Nets beat writer of The Athletic. Alex, thank you for joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time to join us here on betting across America. I got to start off because this Nets team, they've been a week off pretty much with the games being postponed due to COVID cases. Just how do you think that's going to affect this team later on this afternoon as they take on the Los Angeles Lakers?
5: Merry Christmas guys. I was going to say it's still the marquee matchup, given all the the big names (laughs) missing from this. Um, It's going to be interesting, you know, that game they played against the Magic a week ago today, you know, I mean, Blake Griffin was like the, the uh, focal point offensively for them with Patty Mills, given all the guys they had out, it was kind of like a throwback to like 2014, 2015. And, uh, and now today, you know, James Harden is back, Bruce Brown is back, you know, there's a lot of guys that they're getting back, albeit not the biggest guns in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but, um, but. Still, they're, they're getting a lot of guys back. that really hadn't had a ton of practice time this past week. And and a lot of these guys still that they brought in as replacement players haven't had like an organized practice really or anything like that. So, or, or one, if that, if you want to count yesterday before they left for L.A. So, you know, just is there any rush? Is there any lack of chemistry given that, you know, this is kind of a team that's half new guys, half guys, just getting out of quarantine. And then, you know, Blake Griffin and Patty Mills are the two holdovers and they still had a week over. So it's going to be interesting to see what they look like. I think you know, it wouldn't stun me given the way James is as a playmaker if they they look very coherent. But I think if there's there's guys out of position and there's some miscommunication, I think it's very uh, very acceptable.
2: Alex, I want to talk about the details of the game a little bit more in a minute. But uh, this has been hyped by the media as the biggest game of the NBA season so far. I, I kind of laugh at that a little bit because of the way COVID has created chaos in the association at this point and especially with the Nets, I'm sure the Nets don't look at it like the biggest game of the NBA season so far. How important is this game to the Nets, or is it just really another game?
5: I kind of lean more toward the latter of just another game. I mean, you know, if if both teams were at full strength and you had storylines galore of Kevin Durant versus Westbrook, LeBron Kyrie, um, you know, you throw Carmelo Anthony in there and his New York-Brooklyn ties, Anthony Davis is healthy, I think you could talk about potential finals preview, but you know, it's funny, you know, the the Nets have gotten flack this year for the record against contending teams. And I don't really look at this as kind of a measuring stick because of the COVID situation. And, you know, the Lakers are a game below 500, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously on paper, I think they're still a contender and, and it wouldn't stun us if they turn this around at some point, given the personnel. But as I look at it right now, like to me, it's just another game on the schedule and you know, it'll be a better measuring stick in a few weeks when the Bucks come to town and you have, you know, presumably James Harden and Kevin Durant back, you know, it'll be a home game so Kyrie Irving won't be available. But to me, this is just another game on the schedule that happened to fall on Christmas and wasn't what any of us were expecting it to be. <laughs>
4: We're speaking with Alex Schiffer, the Brooklyn Nets beat writer for the Athletic. Alex, right now the Nets, they're at the top of the conference in the East. And obviously, KD is out. Kyrie, he's been out. We'll get to that in just a bit here. But there's been just kind of uh, musical chairs almost for this Brooklyn Nets lineup. But they're still at the top of the conference. Just how good can this team be if they were to get all their pieces back like they intended to have uh, prior to the start of the season? I
5: think they could run away with it, honestly. You know... I think the Bulls have been extremely impressive. Uh, they've been really fun to watch, in my opinion, when they're at full strength. DeMar DeRozan, I think, is the MVP candidate no one's really been talking about. Um, you know, the Bucks started off slow, and have kind of come back. The Heat, obviously, but, you know, it, to me, it's going to be very fascinating when, when Kyrie does come back. It's just what does this part-time participation do for them, even if it's in a limited capacity? Because, you know, they've needed Harden and Durant to log heavy workloads, even against tanking teams. You know, 35, 40 minutes plus um, against the Pistons or the Magic in some instances when, you know, they should be resting the fourth quarter, hypothetically. So I, I think if this goes, the you know, if this goes to the, the I don't want to put this, if this plan of having him part time works to the max, I think they could comfortably, you know, be the top seed in the East. But again, you know, what is this, what is this, um, you know, implementing Kyrie look like in terms of chemistry and him in and out you know I I think it could be seamless I also think it could be a challenge
4: yeah I actually want to follow up with you about this Kyrie part-time player thing two questions with that why did the Nets decide that now was the time to bring him in as a part-time player because there was discussion about that prior to the season and then also what's your best
5: guess on how you think this will play out yeah you know um, this was very player driven as has been reported and I, I think even the Nets had a bit of a come to Jesus moment, no Christmas pun intended there, but, um, <laughs> but you know, talking about the workloads of Harden and Durant, like I did earlier, you know, I, I think that, I think a lot of us, especially around the team every day, really didn't think that this was going to be sustainable, especially come playoff time. And they kind of look at it as part-time Kyrie is better than no Kyrie. And that's why, you know, the, the interesting thing about this current schedule, I mean, right now, you know, he's looking at 20 games, that he'll be able to play in the regular season come 2022. The Portland game getting postponed, assuming he gets rescheduled, that gives him another one to play. And, you know, the Clippers are having a little bit of uh, some guys in health and safety protocols. Does that jeopardize Monday? And that would hypothetically be another game that gets added to his plate. So I, I think that they just kind of realized that having him in a part-time capacity, whether that's, you know, being able to rest KD or James against some of these guys and, you know, he leads the squad or – play them in a more limited capacity together and then have Kyrie kind of close it out is better than none. And then just to your second question of how this goes, you know, I, I think, I think we're going to learn that, you know, come late January into February, you know, the Nets have a a week long road trip um, in about mid January where they'll go D.C., Cleveland, San Antonio, and, uh, and Minnesota, you know, again, not the best slate, but then the, the following week they come back and then they go at Golden State, at Denver, at Utah, at Phoenix, you know, so they'll have him. That's where the bulk of his games will be played. And that's where I think we're going to learn a lot because that's against contenders. That's having him for a continuous stretch of time. And, uh, and so I think that that's going to be the best sample size. You know, they have two road games the first two weeks of January, one each at Indiana and, and Chicago. You know that Indiana game. They're rebuilding. they you know, a lot of the guys are up for trades. Um, that might not be the best sample size, but I think I think we're going to learn exactly what this looks like during that that long road stretch I mentioned. All
2: right, Alex Schiffer of the Athletic with us, uh, Brooklyn Nets beat writer. Alex, the uh, the Lakers not a very good defensive team right now. In fact, they look about as young and spry as the Golden Girls. Uh, <laughs> they are one and a half point favorites in this game, total down to two twenty three and a half. How do you think the Brooklyn Nets offense is going to operate today around James Harden? Who's he going to have on the floor and who are going to be uh, the key guys around Harden today?
5: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, to me, the Lakers and the Nets are, are similarly built to me and that, you know, they have a lot of their, their older teams both gave away a ton of draft picks to win in this current window and uh, and both not what, what we were expecting right now just with the Nets without Kyrie and, and, the attrition, as you said, and, and then the Lakers just not looking anything like we thought they would. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, the the Lakers, I think, have more natural scorers right now in, in Mello and LeBron and Westbrook, whereas right now with the Nets, it's James Harden and, you know, how hot can Patty Mills get and how much can they get out of Blake Griffin? So I, I kind of lean a little bit for the Lakers offensively. But, you know, as you mentioned, the Nets have guarded really well this year and and maybe that plays a role in, in their ability to stop some of these guys, even though they're, they're still missing a lot of their core guys with, with Durant, Aldridge, etc. So, you know, I think the question for the Nets is more of, you know, where else can they get offense from outside of James Harden? And the Lakers is going to be, you know, if some of these guys get hot uh, on the Nets, how can they stop them, given their recent track record, as you mentioned?
4: He is Alex Schiffer, Brooklyn Nets, beat writer of The Athletic. Alex, appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, wishing you the best of luck heading into the new year. Same to you guys. Thank you for having me. All right. How about that, humans? Mm -hmm. A lot of the weight on this game is going to be on the shoulders of one James Harden, averaging 20 points per game. Interesting to see how he kind of fits in this role right now, trying to be a playmaker, but doesn't have the best players on the team on that squad right now.
2: I would think if you're going to play player props in this game, you got to look at Harden over. I think he's going to uh, look to put on a show today, and he, he'll probably have to for the Nets to win this game. By the way, the Lakers, one-and-a-half-point favorites. They were one-and-a-half-point favorites in their previous game two nights ago against the Spurs, and that did not <laughs> yeah. go well. Uh, LeBron and Westbrook put up big numbers in that game, and they still yeah. lost 138-110. to 110.
4: Yeah, and The way LeBron's talking right now, it's like, hey, like we don't know what we are. We've had guys in and out and all that
2: stuff. I know what they are right now, but it's not very good. I don't know what they can become, but right now they're not very good. I that's obvious.
4: That's the sentiment right there. I don't think I'd lay the points with the Lakers in this spot here. All right, on the other side, we switch gears to the college football gridiron. We talk a little CFP here on BAA. It is VCND Sports Betting Network.
0: Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is betting across America on VCN, the sports betting network.
2: you with a special NBA offer on Christmas Day. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If any team hits a three-pointer that day, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Use bonus code VSEN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you will earn M-Life rewards that you can, uh, you can play at any MGM resort nationwide. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com to use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if any team hits a three-pointer on Christmas Day. Uh, I'd say there's a pretty good chance that's going to happen. <laughs> eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as with non- Withdrawable free bets or site credit. Uh, So free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? If you have one, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi. Bonus code VSEN200 at BetMGM.
4: You're damn right it is. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino family at Bebefe, Matt Humans, Looking at some NBA action here. The Knicks right now lead it 41-36. to 36. We were talking mm-hmm. in the break here. The way they jumped out to that 19-3 lead over the Hawks it would have been a good chance to get in on Atlanta if you wanted to live bet that game here as the Hawks have now come back into this game. At last check for the live line, Knicks 8.5, but I'm sure that will change once they go to break here. Uh, also, a little bit of update on the 11:40 game between the Celtics and the Bucks. Right now, we're seeing movement with the Bucks now. 8-point favorites at Circa and at Westgate. Uh, so, obviously, the news of Giannis. People are getting that news uh, mm-hmm. as they look to make their bets, so I'm sure that is what is behind that sort of steam uh, with this game that's tipping off
2: here in about two hours? Yeah, we we thought Giannis was going to play in this game, but uh, now the confirmation is going to bump that up, and you're going to see yeah. more Bucks action. Uh, in that game, which tips at uh, what 1140 Pacific, 1140 Pacific. Right now, I'm looking at bet MGM, it's uh, still
4: bucks six and a half. So, you know where to go if you want to bet on the Milwaukee Bucks here. As I just refreshed my page, and that is still the current number. All right, let's turn our attention to the CFP. This is game these games it feels like they were so far away, but now it's less than a week. Starting with the Cotton Bowl, Alabama taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats first. Ever group of five team in the college football playoffs? So, a little history for us here in college football. But right now, the Crimson Tide 13 and a half point favorites, total 58 here, Matt. And this is a spot where Alabama has typically beat up on that team that's making its first appearance in the college football playoff. Do you think we might see something different at the end of this year?
2: You know, I haven't played this game yet, but if you like to dog, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to get 14 at some point uh, by kickoff. On uh, New Year's Eve, I think uh, I think Bryce Young's performance against Georgia in the SEC championship game is going to be tough for him to back up. You're talking about a Georgia defense that was talked about in historical terms in college football, allowed 6.9 points per game. I, I played Alabama in that game, plus 6.5. Smarter than I was. Than... <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's it's not too often you're going to catch Nick Saban with those type of points. But the thing about Georgia, I thought the Bulldogs had been pretty fortunate And the way the schedule broke for them this year, they didn't have to really face any elite quarterbacks in the SEC, any really good offenses. So I thought that 6.9 points per game was kind of phony. Uh, How about Bryce Young putting up 421 passing yards in the SEC championship game? Three touchdowns without an interception. This all-time, supposed all-time great defense barely touched this kid in the SEC championship game. And uh, that was a, a defense that was allowing 230 yards per game. Alabama put up 536. Now, I do think Cincinnati's a really good defensive team, not quite on Georgia's level, but I don't think Bama offensively is going to play uh, its A game like it did against uh, Georgia. That that was, I mean, that that was Alabama's Super Bowl, essentially. Was You're hearing all year about how great this Georgia team is, how great the defense is. You're a big underdog. And maybe the Cincinnati game is even a little bit of a letdown because now you go from being a six and a half, seven point dog to a two touchdown favorite against a non power five team, which uh, you might not respect all that much. Mm-hmm. It's not you don't have the same hatred or motivation level that you have for a conference rival. I don't ever want to say a playoff game is going to be a flat spot, but I don't think Alabama is going to be amped up to the same level it was in the uh, game against Georgia. Uh, I actually, I like Desmond Ritter as veteran quarterback for the Bearcats. I thought that last year in the Peach Bowl, Luke Fickle screwed up the last uh, five minutes or so in terms of game management that uh, Cincinnati should have defeated Georgia in that Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, uh, if not for a couple mistakes by Fickle. Also, Georgia had a couple guys sitting out of that game, so you can't make too much of it, mm-hmm. I think, because uh, you had some, what we're seeing a lot in these bowl games for me is uh, – NFL prospects just gonna in the future, if it's not a playoff game, they're gonna sit out. Yeah, for the right, it's a business decision, and I don't disagree with it necessarily. Uh, I think Cincinnati can make a game of this. I think Cincinnati's defense is good enough, and Desmond Ritter is a veteran quarterback. He's played against an SEC opponent, like I was just talking about Georgia last year. I don't think he's gonna be intimidated in a game like this, and that you also got a quarter, you got a running back. Uh, that can balance that offense and make Alabama respect the run and the pass. James Ford, Jerome Ford, is a hell of a back. He had 187 yards and two touchdowns against Houston in that AAC title game. So, yeah, I think Cincinnati can hang in here. But I have not bet it yet, and if it gets 14 or 14-and-a-half, 14 I might play Cincinnati. It's not going to be a, a big play, but I think there's a chance for the dog to hang around here, not to win the game, but to you know hang within a, a pretty big number.
4: Throw a little McRib money on Cincinnati if you get a 14-and-a-half or so? Possibly, yeah. (laughs) Possibly. You had to bring that up. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I was told in my notes, hey, humans loves the McRib. So uh, make sure to mention it at some point. But they're not a sponsor, so we'll move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned Alabama and possibly having a situational spot where it's almost like a flat spot, which seems crazy to say about a playoff game. But I do kind of agree that the game – against Georgia was the Super Bowl. I mean, we forget that Alabama absolutely needed to win that game just to get to the college football playoff. Now, it's interesting you mentioned how Bryce Young the 400 yards, three TD passes against Georgia's vaunted defense, but now Mechie is out with the tourney ACL, right, right. so Jameson Williams now is the only go-to guy, at least the guy who's had more than 350 receiving yards on that Alabama offense. How do you think that factors into the Alabama passing game with now only one reliable receiver right now in Jamison Williams?
2: Well, I, I think Bama's going to have more than one reliable receiver when the game rolls around. They, they're, they're deep at the receiver position. Yeah. It's just not the names you're familiar with necessarily. You know they've got a ton of talent at yeah. that receiver position they always do but that was part of my thinking here too is the Alabama offense is going to struggle to play a a game without Mechie out there too Jamison Williams is a more important receiver to have out there but still Bama um, I just it's going to be very hard to reach that crescendo I think uh, two games in a row uh, the Alabama offense was just uh, so impressive against Georgia I'm not sure they can they can reach that level again, especially without Mechie out there. So that's that's a minor part of the handicap for me. Not a big part of it, but I think it's something you have to keep in mind. We got a two and a half minutes left. I want to get to the Orange Bowl
4: between mm-hmm. Georgia and Michigan right now. Michigan, the number two team in the country, seven and a half point underdogs. Total forty five and a half at Bet MGM. Of course, the Wolverines, best team in the nation against the spread. Eleven and two are the Fighting Harbors at the window. Can they make it 12-2, and two, or maybe they win the game outright against this Georgia Bulldogs squad?
2: Uh, call me a fool, but I think Michigan's got a shot to win this game outright. I really do. And uh, I took eight with uh, the Wolverines in this game because I, I really didn't think it was going to go to eight and a half, nine, or ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michigan's going to get his fair share of respect, I think, at the betting windows. And uh, again, it goes back to me, quarterback play with Georgia. I talked about the defense, and uh, Georgia hadn't faced any elite uh, quarterbacks, in terms of opposing teams well, Georgia's quarterback, how often do you talk about a number one team, whether it's in the NFL or college football, a top-ranked team that has its its main weakness is the quarterback position? <laughs> Very seldom yeah. is that the case, and that's been the weakness with Georgia. Stetson Bennett did nothing in that SEC championship game to quiet the doubters, and I, I think some of the concerns that Georgia might have. Uh, I don't want to, uh, to be a fool and to buy into Jim Harbaugh in a situation like this and then watch an SEC team roll over an outmatched Big Ten team again. But I do think this Michigan team has more speed, has more power on the offensive and defensive lines. And uh, one thing we've seen in the past, we saw it with Ohio State in 2015 against Alabama. If you can win at the line of scrimmage, You've got a shot in a game like this, and remember when Ohio State uh, was physically overpowering against Alabama in that 2015 game. Yep. I think Michigan can hold its own on the offensive defensive lines, and to me, that's the key with Michigan staying within the number of eight and a half in this game. Plus, you got a really good running attack, a quarterback who's capable, and I still and uh, and I still have plenty of doubts about Stetson Bennett making the plays when it counts uh, for Georgia.
4: Yeah, he did nothing to quiet those questions, uh, with this top ranked Georgia team. It's interesting that a month ago Georgia's seemed like they were gonna walk to the national title, odds on favorites, and now here we are thinking that they might be an upset special in the Orange Bowl against Michigan. But you pointed out Harbaugh in this spot. Michigan one in five straight up in their last New Year's six bowl yeah. games, one four and one ATS. So I'm not sure if I'm really rushing to back Michigan either in this game, but it will be a fun one nonetheless. Should be a classic
2: with these two teams pretty competitive. Harbaugh's Michigan, had a lot of Jordan. negative trends that uh, he's overcome this season, though.
4: That That, that is very true to point out there. That does it for our number one here on Betting Across America. Our number two starts with the National Football League. It is the Sports Betting Network.